Well, hello. Hello there. I feel like Mr. Rogers. Hey, let me put some shoes on. Welcome to Trucking Answers, the podcast. We are here today, and I am here with my co-host, Gracie, who's actually awake and looking at me right now. I'm Mark, your podcast host. And on this podcast, you will only have to get me through your ear holes. And that's awesome. People complain all the time about my horrendous visage. And so this works out really good for that. (laughs) Right? We're going to talk about some trucking news. I've got some automotive news. And yet another reason we are not on Mars. Do you know why we don't live on the red planet? You can see it in the night sky when it's clear out on some nights. Some nights you can see forever. We don't live there because there are a bunch of stupid, dumb, idiot, moron people here that take up our resources and we can't get there. Thanks a lot, dumb people. (laughs) So today, you know, there was a person who wrote a book about trucking because what's been in the news lately? Well, the big trucker shortage, that's a big fat lie. All right. He, he actually didn't just write a book, right? He went to truck school, got his license, drove a truck, then wrote a book about trucking, unlike most politicians. And he calls the way trucking is today basically debt peonage. What do you think about that? Now, he pulled that word out of the history books. Peonage has been outlawed in the United States for many decades. Peonage is when you are forced to work for an employer to pay off your debt. Now, this is a little different. Uh, other, it's also called debt slavery. So this is slightly different than what uh, was currently how the country started, in which you would have to work off your debt generally for you know a, a, someone that comes here and someone pays your way, and then you would have to work for them. But you were forced to work for them. They could go to court and make you work for them. They could lock you up and make you work there until it was paid and many of these people didn't never paid their debts off because it would continue to grow uh, because you're only making two dollars a day but the debt was 250 a day or something like that and so that's outlawed in the United States of course and I don't know if trucking is peonage really because say you work for a place and have a contract you can quit they can't go to court and say this person is required to work for us until the debt is paid they can't do that they can only enforce the debt By the way, for those wondering, wow, is this guy an attorney? I'm not an attorney, (laughs) right? Surprise, I'm not. But what companies today are doing, they're like doing this back door, kind of like the manhole. And what they're doing is going to court and suing other companies. So say you work for company A, and then you go to work, you have a contract, and you're like, this place stinks, I'm going to go work for company B. Well, company A cannot go to court and make you come back and work there. That would be peonage. That's against the law. But what they're doing is suing company B. That's right. And saying, hey, you can't hire anybody here that has a contract. And unfortunately, they're winning. So it's like backdoor peonage. They're just saying, basically, you won't work anywhere else unless you work here. They blacklist you out of the industry. Now, are there other jobs you can get? There are. There are, but it makes it a lot more difficult. It kind of quells the whole idea there that you could go work someplace else. So in effect, he's kind of right. It's always the companies too that have the worst record basically that have to grow their own drivers. 
and that's disappointment. There's nothing drivers can do about it because there's no, there's no way for them to get together. Maybe there should be. And I want your opinions on this. What do you think about something similar to name working out like this where the United Federation of Commercial Drivers, something like that, or the United Federation of Company Drivers, where drivers have an organization that can help them. Because really, in the industry now, there's very little to represent company drivers. The ATA talks about representing them. They totally don't. They only represent businesses. OIDA, while they're good for owner-operators, they do little for company drivers. When you look, almost all the things on their site are geared towards owner-operators, uh, hence the name OOIDA, right? And so I think there is a need in the market for a place with company drivers, company commercial drivers. Interesting, interesting idea. Maybe, maybe. Let me know what you think about it. And uh, we'll see if this thing can be launched to Mars, even if we can't. So, uh, look, going right along with that, Ohio, who is com the Ohio Trucking Association, which is probably a member of the ATA, I don't exactly know how that works, is complaining, oh, my God, there's no drivers. So what are they going to do? Ohio's lifting the weight limit on trucks. Now, remember, this is only in the state of Ohio, which is not as useful as it might be. But in Ohio, you can now gross 90,000 pounds. It didn't actually say how that would be split up. But you can gross 90,000 pounds legally without getting a permit. But, and I don't understand this, you have to notify the state within 24 hours after the load delivers that you grossed 90,000 pounds in their state and what route you took. I don't get the point of that. Okay, that I really don't. But that is what the governor said. He goes, well, this is really going to help, uh, you know, get all these trucks moving if we just increase the gross weight limit of trucks. There are several problems with this. One is, remember, the less trucks that are needed on the road, the less your pay will be. Keep that in mind. So if we could actually gross 90000 if this was a way to fill these trucks up, um, it would require less drivers to haul the same amount of freight. Do we agree with that? Because if you could put extra 10,000 pounds per truck, you know, every few trucks, you take another truck off the road. All right. So less um, push on in the industry to need drivers, less pay. What that does is reduce your pay. But this isn't going to affect many people. Why? Well, there was a large study done not that long ago. 91% of commercial vehicles on the road, not just in Ohio, but overall in the United States, are grossing less than 73,000 pounds. That's right. Only 9% of trucks are over 73,000 pounds on the road right now. And that includes overweight uh, loads and permitted loads and all that. Most loads are not full gross loads. They just aren't. They might be gross, but they're not full gross loads. Gross is when you have a potato load and a reefer that has a bunch of grooves on it. And you spend three hours at the Blue Beacon. Ha ha ha. Not that anybody's ever done that. But this won't help much, and the amount of help that it does give, all it does is reduce wages for drivers. What you want to get the best wage is for the most pressure to be on the industry. You, What drivers should want is a lower gross weight. If the gross was 50000 imagine how many trucks they would need. Way more 
which would put pressure on the industry to get more drivers and trucks, and that raises your wages. So if anything, you want the other, the opposite, but this isn't going to do much. And plus, it's only in Ohio. So it would be only intrastate loads, which ironically, then, if you're uh, 18, you could do if you're on the new program, the Drive Safe Act, but that's uh, for another story. It's not going to do much at all. Not at all. 16 governors have signed on to Operation Open Roads. Don't you love when they name things like this? Operation Open Roads. And what this is, 16, and they're all Republicans, by the way. I love to put the uh, D or R there. So 16 Republican governors, and they're sending this letter off to con to uh, you know Congress and everybody, federal government, and saying, look, we need to get trucking moving again. So that's what they're going to do with that, an Operation Open Roads. They want... Um, to lift restrictions, get younger people, make it easier for people to get into driving. That's what they said. And this, too, is another thing. And by the way, with anything, when you make it easier, you don't get better outcomes. Okay, the struggle and really uh, is what begets success. Okay, when something is super easy, people don't appreciate it. When it's easy, you don't get the best people to do it. The, the less, you know roadblocks you put in there it just and reduces pay of course because the more people that come in the industry the less money that there is and it's not like look let's be honest can we be honest for a minute can we talk can we talk as i channel joan rivers getting into trucking is not like super hard it's not like there's a gigantic bar of entry okay it's not like where you go to college for four years to get a business management degree to make thirty five thousand dollars while you work at starbucks okay it's not hard like that. It's three weeks. Truck school's still three weeks. And some places then go with a trainer and some don't. But to get the license itself, you know, if you started today, which were right before Thanksgiving, you could have it by Christmas, depending on the schedule at your truck school. So it's not like it's super complicated to do. All these organizations, governors and trucking organizations, all they're trying to do is get even more drivers, which reduces the pressure on pay. Companies, usually garbage crapola companies, they're all up in everybody's grill. How about that? <laughs> Did you like that, kids? Huh? You see, I'm all hip. They're all up in everybody's grill saying, look, our, we gotta, we've actually had to raise our pay to get drivers to come work at our garbage place, which is dumpy garbage. And so what, the, what these people are doing, well, well we're, gonna, we're not going to get our bribe money from these uh, companies so we better make it even easier for them to get drivers so they don't have to keep raising their pay that's exactly what happened all right we all know it you and i know it everybody gracie right here knows it who she's turned her back on me we all know it we all know it by the way i think at the beginning i just noticed at the beginning i didn't say our uh statistics so we're still 38 countries Okay, 38 countries. So I wanted to do one city today. Colorado Springs has one download. I'm almost curious about that. You know, this is podcast number 42 of this Reborn Trucking Answers. One download. They're like, uh, I'm going to try it once. Oh, this guy's garbage. So I guess Colorado Springs won. I missed that. I missed it earlier. Yikes. What is happening here? Did you see this truck? Oh, my God. In Georgia. So it gets pulled over for a traffic violation, and the copperoonie opens the tra the trailer doors, which they do sometimes. I've had them do that. They actually have their own seals. If you've never had this happen, they will. If they open your door, they will re-sign your bills and seal it with their seal. So uh, that's pretty nice of them.
Anyhow, he opened the doors. What's in there? 1.4 placarded hazmat. <laughs> yes. And it's not secured. All loads, by the way, have to be secured. Even if it's wrapped like this was, shrink-wrapped, it actually looked like it was packaged pretty good. But it is not secured. You must bar that in, strap it in, something. Uh, probably straps with uh, hazmat 1.4. I wouldn't want to put anything metal on it. But you can't just have a load that sits there. That is any load, not just flatbeds. Keep that in mind. All loads, all loads must be secure. If you don't have load locks or straps, get them. An unsecured load is a violation, okay? Even if it's shrink-wrapped tight and pallets next to each other, you know, make it uh, in there. So it didn't have any straps or bars. He didn't have any placards on the truck, all right? And he didn't have a hazmat endorsement. Sweet! What do you think about that? What kind of lousy company? Now, it didn't, actually didn't say whether he owned one truck and had authority, or was leasing it on and to a place. Some places will let you use their authority, and they take a small percentage, and you got to figure everything out. You go get the loads, book the loads and everything. So that's possibly had like 85 90%, you know, 90-10 kind of thing, where they don't do anything but give you their authority. That's, that's the kind of thing could happen. But uh, this is a real problem. The load, of course, towed away. Uh, out of, this driver got numerous out-of-services for it. And... Um, it's a real deal. It's a real problem. You cannot run a hazmat explosives low without placards. Okay? Do not do that <laughs> without an endorsement. And I don't remember thinking back when I'd pick some hazmats up. I don't know if they looked at your license or not. It seems like they didn't. Far as I can remember, they did not. And they just gave me placards at most places. Right here's some placards to go off. So I guess you could pick it up without them knowing. I'll tell you, the police ought to contact the shipper. On this, that's what I'd do and say, you know what, these people you're shipping with, they don't even have any kind of uh, endorsement. You know what they didn't say in the article? Was the uh, authority of that company even, you know, were they even authorized to haul that? You have to have authority to haul this and higher insurance. Hazmat requires a higher than minimum insurance rates. There's all kinds of different things they have to do. This guy, I don't know if he went to jail. Maybe he should. I, this is something, this is a real problem on the roads. If you are near Boise, Idaho, and uh, on Thanksgiving, uh, the stage stop, the Boise stage stop, they are going to be giving free Thanksgiving dinner for CDL holders. So if you're on the road this uh, holiday and are on Boise, stop by. It's been open for many years. They do this every year. It's a tradition there for drivers. So uh, stop in and get some free chow. How about that? That'd be pretty awesome, I think. <laughs> do you have a Ram 1500? From uh, 2020, well, guess what? Dodge might buy your truck back. Oh, my God. Some some of them, it didn't say which ones, have insufficient airflow through the defroster vents to keep the windshield clear. And so Dodge said there's really not a good fix for this. So they're going to buy the truck back. Yes, and I don't know exactly, but I think you might not have any choice. Because the current defroster flow, as it said, does not meet federal standards. There are standards that have to be met, and this doesn't meet them. And they don't have a fix for it. So really, the thing can't be on the road. And they're going to buy them back. And what happens with this, if you just don't show up, they're going to send you a letter if it's your affected truck. And if you don't respond to it or whatever, what happens is they won't let you register it. 
they'll put it out that these vehicles do not meet federal standards and you won't be able to get a new registration for it. That's how they get people in to talk to them. And this has been done with other vehicles before because it's a safety thing for because you can't see. So they just won't let those vehicles be registered in the state. And uh, I guess you could use it as a farm truck or whatever, but it's just the craziest thing. It would seem like it'd be cheaper to fix it, but Dodge says no. It's actually just cheaper for us to buy them back and give people their money back. What happens on a buyback generally is this, because there was this big deal with the Focus. That's why I know all about it. They didn't buy mine back, but they did buy a lot of them back. And what Ford did, even on ones that were four or five years old, they gave people sticker price for them. Now, can you imagine going in four years later, you've driven it for however many miles and you get sticker for your vehicle? That's not a bad deal. Dodge didn't say what they're going to do for these. These were just, you know, some of them have just been bought recently. It's likely you're going to come out uh, ahead even. And I I wouldn't do it unless I was even, no matter what. Tell them, look, you got to make me back to zero. So I would put the squeeze on them there. But this case, you don't have as much bargaining room because this thing doesn't meet federal standards. So you just won't be able to register it at some point. So then you'll be really stuck. If you don't take their buyout and you go forget it, and uh, and that's the end of that. Wow. And you can't register it. Problem. So keep that in mind. There are car dealers charging over sticker. Oh, my God. There's a Toyota RAV4 Prime 40,000 over sticker. Can you imagine that? $40,000 over sticker. Is your dealer near you charging over sticker price for cars? That's crazy. There was a guy who wanted to buy a Mach-E, a, a Mustang Mach-E, 20,000 over sticker. You went and bought a Tesla, and you know what? I'm happy about that. If nothing else, Tesla, who sells their cars directly, sells them at sticker price. You don't have to negotiate with some dealer. You don't have to go, hey, hey, what can we do to put you in this car today, all right? Hey, hey, little lady, you going to call your husband to come and buy a car? You don't have to deal with any of that. None of that. None of that. You just click, a couple clicks, here's your price, send me the car. Simple. I'm all for that. Because these dealers, scumbags that are charging over like that. And what they did, they talked to the manufacturers. I don't know if you know this. It's not against the law. It's the manufacturer's suggested retail. They can't make the dealer charge any certain price. Which they said on the news, which is true. They can only recommend that dealers don't uh, don't charge over sticker. But the dealer can charge whatever they want for it. And so what should happen? Those dealers should go out of business. That's how the system works. Tell them I'm not buying a car there forget it who pays that much over sticker for like a toyota i mean come on the hummer edition one is going to be out by the end of the year 329 mile range made by general motors i'm sure you've seen it one hundred twelve thousand five hundred ninety five dollars our president papa joe touted this vehicle as part of the uh, stimulus for electric vehicles there's a program where you'll be able to get as much as twelve thousand five hundred dollar tax credit for a union-made electric vehicle, including if the batteries are made in the United States. Well, number one, guess what? This vehicle doesn't qualify. He may not know that. They have a cap on the MSRP in there. It's 80 grand. So this vehicle has way too high of a price, wouldn't qualify at for any kind of tax credit. That's pretty funny, number one. The other thing about this, they're saying like this is a game changer for electric vehicles. It's 112 grand. All right, think about that. Even if you save the gas money, all right, by charging it, look, you can get a lot of truck for 100000 bucks. The other thing about this is 
It weighs, get this, how much this thing weighs? 9,046 pounds without any fat Americans in it. Oh, my God. It is super bloated. For reference, a Chevy Silverado 3500 HD diesel has a curb weight of 7,239 pounds. All right, it's a ton more than that. And it better be tons of fun. $112,595 without options. What kind of options do you get a $100,000 vehicle? I don't know. Maybe something that makes it lighter. With the winter tires, it's probably a beast in the snow. It's so heavy. But still, oh my gosh. That. By the way, your tires, you're going to have to get, you know, truck tires. Huge truck tires to put on this thing. You can't go down and just get your basic uh, P-rated tires for this. It is so heavy. Oh, 2,500 pounds per tire are going to be put on those tires. That's super a lot. So, uh, not a huge fan of that. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? Now, I want to tell you a reason we're not on Mars before we go into Thanksgiving. So, there's a bunch of dumb people living on the planet. And this... So, this person is in their basement. A woman. <laughs> All right. And she's like... I can't believe I live in a cinder block basement with a single metal folding chair like so many dumb dudes. But there she is. But you know what? Even if you're a woman, you still want to look good. And so you're thinking, I'm going to go do some shopping at Macy's. So she's in Florida, climbs out of her basement, which is probably moldy because of the humidity, and goes to Macy's. And does a little shopping, but doggone it, she forgot her wallet at home. Well, that doesn't stop somebody living in a cinder block basement, does it? No, it doesn't. So she just grabs the stuff and bails to the door. Security, though, is on it at this Macy's. All right. So we got loss prevention team out there and confront her and says, hey, lady. Why you a moldy lady? What are you doing with our stuff? You didn't pay for nothing. But does she say sorry? Does she give the stuff back? No. No. What does she do? Well, she does what any shoplifter, any self-respecting shoplifter would do. She reaches into her pants, all right, and takes out some poo-poo and smears it on their faces. That's right. Now, I don't know about you. Uh, do you carry a poo around in your pants? Um, it didn't suggest how it was in there. Had she just recently deposited it in there? Does she normally walk with it in there? By the way, there's a picture of her. She didn't look like some meth head homeless person. She's 32 and looks like a regular person. Um, <laughs> smears it on their faces and leaves. And as you can imagine... This was upsetting to the guards. They did go get her. They grabbed her, I guess, and held her for the police. And not only is she being charged with a misdemeanor, there are several felonies for, you know, infliction of bodily fluids and uh, stuff like that. You know, so you can't do that. That is a that is a crime. Besides being disgusting. So what are you doing? My question, my real question for this is, why do you have poop in your pants? You know, what are we doing here? Was this like a did was she thinking about this in her basement? Was she playing her PS4? And wow. 
you know what I ought to do? I'm going to fill my pants up with poo before I go down to Macy's in case I get caught. I mean, is there that much thought put into this? Or is this just like a spur of the moment? Ugh! And then you're like, wow, I can really use that. And <laughs> maybe I can use this to my benefit right now. I have no idea. I know that we have several security guards and police now that have to deal with her. And who, I was thinking about this too, which cop puts her in the back of the car? It's got to be the rookie. Hey, you take her in, you know, the kind of thing. So I don't know who's dealing with that. I'll tell you what, none of the cops or the security guards get paid enough to deal with somebody like this. I will tell you that. There's just no way. Oh my gosh. But we're wasting all these resources on Pooh Woman here when we could be going to Mars. And living like it's, you know, 2099. But uh, we can't do that because we got to waste resources on dumb, idiot, poop people. Poopy face people. And I'm sorry to have to use that kind of language here. I know sometimes there are children listening in the back of the Hummer edition ones. So apologize for that. So I want to thank everybody for listening this week. Uh, today, there we do this every Tuesday, Friday, if I can. So far, I have. May not on some days. Got up pretty late today. So uh, we're still doing it, though. Have a great Thanksgiving. All right, there should be a live show that day. I'm not going to promise a time because I don't know how the day will go before that. I think I'll pop in for an hour on Thanksgiving on YouTubes. So check that out. Keep in mind the United Federation of Commercial Drivers or something to that effect. Do you think an organization like that would help? All right, so think about it. Let me know what you think. Mark at TruckingAnswersNation.com. And we'll be back on the next podcast.